Hey, everybody. It's Tay. Welcome back to our second podcast. I'm here with Miranda and Ian again. Um, Today, I'm kind of going to be drilling them with a few questions, and I'm sure it's a lot of stuff that a lot of us as PSWs um, want to know from them. The big thing I think I want to address right now was the Invisible Worker series that we were launching here, and a lot of it was stuff that I was silenced on in the past and wasn't allowed to talk about. And thankfully I am able to use this platform to now kind of scream it from the treetops. And I love that. So um, a lot of our commentary underneath every post was a lot of PSWs basically agreeing with me or airing out some of their own stuff as well. That was pretty relatable to all of us. And you could see it. People were liking each other's comments, you know, like likes were racking up. You could see that a lot of stuff was starting to resonate with people. And a lot of us are angry and a lot of us are angry because we've had to stay silent for so long. So bringing this forward has been quite lovely. Um, But a different take on it would be, how does this look from your level. I know that you you represent PSWs across Canada, you represent us in Ontario here, but you've gotten the calls from all of us down below basically screaming for help. And I've basically taken the floor to explain, you know, what's going on down below and how we're all on fire and the trenches are horrible. But how did that look for you guys looking down on us, basically saying SOS and then also just having to be the middleman in all of that as well, because a lot of stuff was things that you couldn't change. You know what I mean? A lot of people think that your government or you are someone that can just snap their fingers and here you go, problem solved, but it's not the case. So I'm sure that was pretty pulling on your heartstrings as well. So could you both kind of shed some light on that, what you saw, how it made you feel, you know, the power that you did have and how that's kind of been hard to balance as an advocate as well for us? Loaded question. Uh, absolutely loaded question. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and yes, it, it might help PSWs to know the, the real deal, right. From a professional association standpoint. Um, so Ian and I, uh, we, in the very beginning of, of COVID, so I'm going to start right from the Beginning, beginning, uh, we were on the uh, what was it, emergency operations table with the Ministry of Health um, before COVID was COVID, um, like before anyone even knew it existed. We knew there was something coming. Um, the country was watching China very closely. Um, we knew that there was a possible, uh, you know, pandemic on our hands at that point. Nobody knew how bad it would get. Nobody had any clue how bad it would get. But for those that don't know, the association doesn't have a physical office. So we actually operate from satellite offices across uh, our our country, uh, really in essence. And um, so when COVID actually hit, when the government suddenly went into into panic mode um, and the long-term care homes started seeing lots of cases of COVID, unfortunately, with, with residents in these homes, Uh, we were very fortunate to be already working from home. Uh, So the association was able to hit the ground running right off the bat. Uh, What I mean by that is immediately offer all the supports that we possibly could to the personal support workers in Ontario and across Canada. 
Um, we worked directly with the Ministry of Health, Ministry of Long-Term Care, and the Premier's Office throughout the course of the COVID. Uh, we sat on many different tables in relation to uh, the COVID. Now, that's from an association standpoint. We were working 16-hour days, seven days a week. Uh, that was us. We For 10 weeks, that was literally what we did. Uh, we were up in the morning talking to the government, talking to stakeholders, talking to our personal support workers. We were talking to our PSWs at two o'clock in the morning when they were having panic attacks on the job in long-term care. We were um, you know, teaching them how to make a face shield out of a plastic bottle because there was not enough PPE. Uh, we were defending the PSWs to the media on a constant basis. I can remember in the beginning of COVID, uh, I'm not going to say which media outlet, but they blamed the PSWs in this particular home, which this home was like the worst hit from off the bat in the beginning of COVID. They, they literally blamed them for spreading the COVID. And these PSWs and nurses didn't have more than one gown a week or PPE so that they could change out of it. And so they took a picture of these poor you know, women outside on a break, two second break, trying to get some fresh air, you know, um, in their gowns, PPE gowns. And they were like, they're spreading the COVID. I absolutely lost it, lost it online. I went live and I lost it. And they retracted a lot of what they said, but it just was like this constant battle to keep the morale of our people up um, at that time. We had PSWs that le left their homes, they left their families, they left their small children. They literally went into, um, they literally went into isolation together. We sent food to a couple of our members. We bought them dinner uh, because they were sacrificing, you know, their freedom at that time in order to care for our most vulnerable. So being a personal support worker myself, um, my first instinct when COVID hit was I wanted to go. I wanted to hit the front line with my, with, with my colleagues. Um, I couldn't, <laughs> I can't, I couldn't. No matter how hard I really wanted to, I couldn't. Um, and, and so I did my best from my position. Um, I That's think hard, you know what I mean? Because you're being pulled in both directions. You're kind of at the top trying to represent us all on a whole different level, but you're also at the other side with us because you know what we're going through. And we're also just saying, please help. Like someone, please help. The fact that we are, we were creating our own PPE out of trash was just disgusting. And then the fact that we were smeared for that on the news, I was involved in something very similar it left me crying in front of my TV because I was so mad that the public would smear us, like not the public even, but media outlets would blame us for things that were out of our control and things that our employers should have helped us on and nobody did. So you're hearing us crying from both ends. And how did that make you both feel to kind of be pulled in both different directions? And, you know, what did you have to tell yourself that you could do to help us a little bit? You know what I mean? How did you both get through that point? I can say real quick and then I'll let Ian take it. But from my perspective, um, I just didn't think about it. Yeah, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't think about it. Like it was, I, I don't remember the first wave. 
Like, I don't remember a lot of it at all. It all just blurs together. Um, you know, it, it, but it was when everything slowed down in the summer, you know, that first summer, then it slowed down a little bit and we were able to take a breath. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right before the second one when it took us over. Um, yeah, emotionally scarred, massively emotionally scarred and, and, and probably some PTSD in there as well, just because I can't watch the videos that we made in the beginning of COVID because I just, I just start to shake and, and I start crying. I can't handle it. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not just the front front line that you guys obviously had the worst of it. Um, but because if you're in a position where you're trying so hard to enact change and trying so hard to, to help people and you can't help people and you can't get the PPE fast enough to them and you have to sit and listen to people cry on the phone and scream and the absolute terror that was a cry. I got goosebumps talking about it, but I mean, the absolute terror that with what you guys experienced. Um, yeah, a part of it has definitely stayed with me. So I can't speak for Ian, but. Oh, absolutely. I think for us, for me, from, from what my perspective is not being a PSW, but having done uh, long-term care and uh, uh, community care staffing for most of my career. Um, for us, it was the the shock of unpreparedness. I think that's really what it came down to is when, for us, it was very early in the pandemic when the government itself came to the association and asked, what is your documents on guidance documents for home care in a pandemic? And they didn't have any, simply did not exist at the government level. So we had to, we spent, we had to, we spent some time uh, leveraging our communities to, to address that. The other challenge is that, that we, and the reason why we were kind of impacted even very unusually is that a week before the, the pandemic, just before the pandemic, we were told by the government, certain parties within the government of Ontario, that the PSW file is no longer considered a major, major priority for the government. We're moving towards uh, something to do with the economy. Um, within a week, within seven days of that time, they said, not only are we entering into an emergency situation, which means all collective bargaining agreements are hereby suspended. So the traditional players, which were collective bargaining agents, suddenly had no authority to act or to impact the emergency situation or the emergency planning element that came suddenly onto the associations back uh, onto our back at the same point in time the government decided to make personal support workers an essential workforce so the the, the profession was forced to mature at an extremely fast rate within about literally hours we went from being a non-priority to a significant priority of the of, of our society not only just government uh, it, the impact for us was was amazing in the beginning. It was not only terrifying, but to answer the first part, it's adrenaline that gets you through it because you don't stop and you don't have time to stop because it's every day is 16 hours. You wake up and you go to bed to it. Um, but it was a worthy fight. And I think that also kept us going is that it was it was a good fight and we we wanted to we wanted to offer our support. Did the end of that time came, and I can say this honestly, all the associations and groups were working as one team to solve this problem right up until the government decided they were going to make money available. As soon as the government's making money available to the situation, the cooperation among the frontline healthcare elements vaporized. Suddenly, all the elements went back into their silos and began to immediately petition for that money. The overall aim of trying to protect the society became secondary to trying to secure those sources, to secure those funding sources. Almost all the associations, with the exception of us, are almost guilty of that because they, they, they really became priorities in that. Mostly these are larger players, but you see that with the advantage, with the growth of long-term care homes. So there is, 
it was it was a lot. I mean, I think I covered a lot, but it was a big issue for us. It was it was a huge huge change. No, no, like I'm I'm very glad that you touched on money and also on government sort of brushing it off a little bit. You know what they I mean? Did, they, we they, weren't a priority at the start, you know, and well, we were. Asking, a, sorry, you go ahead. No, I, and if I can, we the reason we weren't a priority is we we we, we were asking if the PSWs could be integrated into the post traumatic stress elements, and they said, well, that's not really something that's a priority for this government. And yet here within within several months, most of the population of personal support workers is, is greatly impacted by PTSD. So that's a new fight that's coming down the line for us is that we gotta work towards that. I just and mentioned as well, sorry, Jay, can I just mention as well, that through through the, the, the COVID, like Ian's talking about the money, we did work as a team with all the other organizations. We never received a dime from the Ontario government to do what we did. I mean, we grandfathered over 2,000 international healthcare workers into Ontario's workforce. We um, we created PSW SWAT teams. I, I couldn't. We had we had lists. I mean, the selflessness of PSWs is what really humbled the association. We had people PSWs coming out of retirement. We had PSWs making like they our SWAT teams. We had teams go out to Ottawa on a three month contract that were there just to assist. They witnessed some of the worst elements of the COVID in these homes. And as soon as they were done there. They asked us if there was another location and they up, picked up and went off to that next location. You know, we had long-term care homes calling us, emailing us, screaming for help because they're in full COVID. We would send out, this is the part that drives me nuts though. We would send out like 30 PSW emails, whatever. They'd show up and the human resources department will want to try to do an interview. <laughs> they got no one on the floor. It's full COVID. And they want to do a bloody interview with the PSWs. I couldn't, I couldn't. You couldn't tolerate that. That was, oh, that was it was not so an emergency. Good. No, it, it's, we, that was really baffling. And it, I think we're seeing, I think one thing we, we can all agree on is that greed played a huge role in the current crisis and it's playing a bigger role now than it ever did. The, 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 the concern for us, I think, is that the idea of common good is with the exception of our membership seems to be fading and, and, and this is our, my concern, but let's hope it's not. I mean, and that's exactly what I thought, you know, our members and our listeners need to hear too, is how it played out from a government standpoint and from you being the middleman in all of it too, because you were witnessing both sides of it. You know, we, we could be down there screaming for help, but ultimately if things are hidden from us and things aren't publicized in the media, we don't know sometimes what's happening up there on a government level, but you both did. And then you also knew it was happening down below. It's like the ultimate frustration um, as well. Just one thing I wanted to stressify is that you keep referring to us being up there with government. We're not up there with government. Government is actually should be down here with the PSWs and we should all be on the front line. That's the issue that we're, we're the, the, the attitudes that the PSW faces on the front line are the same attitudes that Miranda and I face dealing with our colleagues in, in federal and provincial politics. So that same disrespect that you guys get in the front line is the same thing that I get when dealing with a lot of our counterparts. So we really understand when it comes to people not being respected and the impact that is on your psychology and how that impacts your, your role, how it makes you feel about yourself. And I want to communicate to PSWs is that we are very keenly aware of that. And that is like the entire reason of what is motivating, at least myself, I keep, I'm sure Miranda as well, but <laughs> go ahead, Miranda. 
Oh, I was just going to say, I totally agree with that. We are. And that, that, that's what makes the association so unique, I think, is that uh, we, I mean, look at you, Tay, you work with us and you're a PSW. Uh, Debbie, our HR manager, she's a personal support worker. Uh, we try to keep PSWs as close as possible to the association because that's the whole reason we exist is because of the PSWs. That's the whole reason why I started this association was for the PSWs because we had nothing. We had nothing. And I should point out, though, where the government's concerned is that they weren't, oh, I'm going to get slammed for this, and I know it, but they they, they weren't all bad. They weren't. In no. the beginning of the COVID, one thing that I was adamant about, and I mean, I was obsessed because it made me so mad that whenever they would think or talk about nurses, doctors, and healthcare professionals, I lost it. I said, you got to say personal support worker or PSWs. And so the premier listened and now he says it all the time now, uh, but that's how that really started. Anything we asked for, for morale reasons, explanations for our memberships, assistance with certain stuff, the premier, the premier's office is who came through. It was like every time without fail, it was, it was the premier's office. Um, when we asked, we met with the premier through COVID. That was interesting. Uh, we asked for regulation of the personal support workers. He gave it to us. So we're not the regulator before somebody comes up, but bill 283, you can Google it. I'm not going to explain it. You can just Google it, but that's where PSW is going to be regulated under. And that was our biggest fight that we've been in for a decade was trying to get the, the recognition, the respect element the regulatory element, the professionalization of the PSW, uh, you know, in. And yeah, no, no other government had any interest in hearing it, but this one did. And then they did it for us. So that was a huge win for us through the COVID. I really hope regulation comes soon and it's oh. on the ground soon because it's been such a long fight. Even when I was in college in my PSW course, we were like, well, hopefully we'll get regulation soon. And that was like years ago. <laughs> and it's just so frustrating because, you know, we're patted on the back. We're called heroes. We're essential. And it's like, okay, so regulate us, you know, like give us that little bit of respect to be a regulated healthcare professional. It's very yeah. frustrating sometimes. Um, so you would say too, I kind of wanted to ask about this too, given I hate how politics is tied into this and it's been a scary world with yeah. politics. Very touchy. Um, yeah, I hate it, uh, but I'm going to ask it. How was it working with the political party? And I don't know, like, can you shed some light on that? You know what I mean? It's just such a touchy subject, but I know we all probably want to know a little bit about it. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can, I, can I clarify some of the, 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 when people talk about relationships with government, general public believes that the people that are currently holding office, those political parties are the ones that actually run the departments that, that we all work with, work, work with. A lot of the population, and, and this is where I hope to remedy that, that there are actually two elements that operate within the provincial government. There is your political element, and then there is your stable bureaucratic element. We work well, we try to work well with both elements of it. Um, the political element is where I think your question is focusing on is because the, the uh, government is perceived to be right-wing or at least center-right in government. Uh, so that's there's a number of groups that think that, that that will be interpreted as a threat to their, so to them. Um, 
and then you see a lot of that tying into Bill 124. So for us, and I'm speaking strictly as the PSW, the PSWs are being treated better under this government than they have been ever treated under any other government in the past ever. And I say that confidently because all past issues have always been traditionally geared towards one specific group of PSWs versus others. And they're not perfect. We admit not everyone was covered in this one, but it's the first time the government is actually acknowledging the PSW as an element separate from nurses and doctors. And we're gonna guard that jealously because that is something that we need to endure. So from a political point of view, yes, we understand the hesitation a number of our members have with this government, but they are listening and they are open to working because PSWs are the ones doing the work and they know that, they know that. And that's the difference. The, 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 the nursing, they, they do enormous important work too. PSWs do the bedside care and we need them badly. And the government, I am confident they understand that. Okay, good. I hope that we do. I hope that there's some more change coming as well, because it's just been, it's been a rough three years. It's like it, even beforehand, like we've all had these issues beforehand. You know what I mean? We were all on the ground screaming for better patient ratios and, you know, we're short staffed, all of this stuff. And COVID just basically took that and exacerbated it, but also put the spotlight on it with the media and I hope that something good can come from it at least and that we can kind of move things in a better direction. But um, thank you both for your perspective on that. Um, I do want to clarify too, like you said, when you were like, we're not with government, I'm like, yes, you know what? I've been talking like that this whole podcast. So sorry, <laughs> but I do want to clarify that Obswa is not government and you cannot snap your fingers. And also you cannot run into people's offices, kicking down doors, screaming for change. Yeah. And you're going to be like, oh, you want to change? Okay, here's your change. You know, like, you I do know that, it doesn't work. Like no, you know what? Can I, can I tell you, Tay? Can I tell you that one of the funniest things I've heard is that PSWs, a lot of them, seem to think that I can just walk right into the premier's office with a six pack of beer pop a beer open, throw my feet up on the desk and have a conversation with good old Doug. It's just, I can't, that's I can't. Yeah, yeah, that's like, there's so <laughs> many, like there's so many layers to, to, I mean, think about it, regulation. It took us a decade to get that bill, a decade, 10 years mm -hmm. to get that. And it, it was continuous and it's, it's you hammer and hammer and hammer. It's like when PSW say, you know, the $3 wage enhancement, it's easy either. And we still didn't get everything we wanted. So, okay. Like there's always a middle ground that you play with the government. You're never going to get everything you want. You won't, you won't. You're going to have to take another deal. And so you try to take the best deal for your membership that you possibly can. Yep. And that's, that's just how it plays out. But I don't, and I just want to say this so publicly, I'm not besties with the premier of Ontario. Like, no, I don't know who started that rumor, but I'm not. The professional well, I didn't feed into no. anything either by being like, you guys are on this side with government and we're down here. And I was like, yes, you are saying that right now. But what I just meant was like, you know, you're in the middle ground where you're basically on that level where you are in box or involved in discussions that we are not, you know what I mean? And you are representing us. So being in the middle on that, that must've been frustrating and knowing what you know, and basically what you just said is that you cannot get everything you want. And there's this common misconception out there that you can 
honestly, even I in this role have gotten the odd comment. I mean, most people are very nice and I love that. And, you know, it's great, but the odd person has been like, can't you just say this or something like that? You know what I mean? And I'm like, I, I'm a working PSW. Like I don't have that sort of authority over people, you know? And there's just this conception that like, you guys also have authority over everybody, but like no one does. You can just yeah. do and try and advocate for the better of the profession, you know? Players in this yeah. yeah. So many players. I mean, but the PSW's best bet of getting something done is the ops web because we are the only official professional association recognized by the Ontario government. And we represent over 50,000 PSWs and we have their ear. And we work quite well with the political side and the bureaucracy. So, and that's like Ian said earlier, that's the important part, the bureaucracy. Those are the ones that write the, the legislation and the policies, and that's them. And they're the ones that ultimately hold the, the maintain the, the integrity of the system at the end of the day. People bitch about bureaucrats, and excuse my language, sorry, I know it's a podcast, but people <laughs> complain about bureaucrats. And we can probably, there are elements, I'm sure there are those bureaucrats that we don't need, but at the end of the day, the bureaucrats that are doing this, they, they have to take things into consideration. So when we do get that, but it's never, it's always, it's always an uphill battle for us. Always, always. Yeah. Always, always. Even Nothing with, comes easy. No. Nothing comes easy. It's scary. It's worthy. It's a good fight. We're happy to do it. So it's, it's absolutely it's worthwhile. It's worth <laughs> fighting the good fight, guys. I mean, <laughs> We're so large too. I mean, I don't think a lot of people realize how large our profession is, but we don't come together a lot either. You know what I mean? I just discovered OBSWA what over a year ago. And I was like, why, why did I not hear about this earlier? Or why are we not doing this? Why are we all not coming together a little bit more collectively as a group here and advocating for the same things? You know what I mean? There's strength in numbers as well, but yeah, I hope that just cleared a few things up too. Um, change is really hard to make. I've really learned that recently. And I'm just like, oh, it's so conflicting. You know what I mean? Because like, you want to yell from the treetops, like this, this, and this needs to change. And you also know that like, there's ways that you got to make that happen. And not like a lot of times it doesn't work and it's out of your control. So Thank you for shedding some light on that because I know both of you have probably had to go through that and, you know, walk the political line as well. And it's just so scary, especially on social media these days too, you know, it's very cutthroat. So there's a lot of elements playing into your jobs and it's nice to come on here and kind of just have this unfiltered chat about it. I hope it clarified some stuff for people too. It clarifies stuff for me. I'm learning about this constantly because I don't know enough about government, about all these positions, but you know, a girl can try. So thank you both for coming back on here. Um, is there anything else that you both would like to add at all? I think we just want to just really let PSWs know that we are transparent and we do answer questions. And if they ever have questions or uh, concerns, surrounding the association to actually reach out directly to the association and, you know, uh, be nice about it. <laughs> That's one thing I've got to say. I just, I just, uh, be nice about it. Right. Like it's, it's, uh, not everything you read online is true. Let me put it that way. Uh, please. And that, that became apparent through COVID 
Yes. Like, don't believe everything you read online. Facebook news is not the real deal. You know, not everything you Google is true. Like it's so I just, I just, I hope that they realize that. And if they have questions or concerns or they're curious, uh, we're more than happy to answer any questions. And I just want to thank the silent majority that are always polite and supportive. And uh, those are the ones that we really are fighting for. We understand a lot of people out there are going through a tough time. Um, we all are, um, but it doesn't justify hatred. No. I'm sorry, it doesn't. So it's for all the people that are the silent majority that are that are supportive and continuing to put up the good fight, we are, we, we thank you. I thank you. And I'm, No, we definitely thank you. And, 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 and the ones that stayed. The ones that stayed and, and for the ones yeah. that are, there's lots of people that are complaining if you're, if, if you're, it, we can't make you happy that we're not, we can't try. There's nothing to be done. So. Yeah. No. And the ones that stayed, the ones who fought through and the ones that are in it for the right reason. You, can see, the, you can see the professionals from the non-professionals. I think that's absolutely. What really yeah. Important. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Sorry, yeah. but I kind of took it. Sorry guys. <laughs> but that's, that's literally what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think people like some people left the profession, you know, for their own reasons. And I understand all of this stuff in general. Um, and like, like I said before, most of the commentary is quite nice. You get the odd person that just wants to come at you through their keyboard. But I mean, you, you also can't control that either, but I know from my perspective to um, basically coming into this role and being very vulnerable, very publicly has been terrifying. And seeing a lot of the comments of support really do mean a lot. And I don't know if people realize that sometimes, you know what I mean? Like your comments are seen. I read them. I know we both read them. We all read them, you know? So the support is really appreciated on many levels. And yeah, it's very hard being very vulnerable on such a broad spectrum here. So thank you all for the, the lovely support. I mean, it's been very nice. And if any of you out there have any topics that you want covered, please reach out and let me know because I want to cover them and I want to be able to give us a voice and represent us well. So I would love to hear any input that anyone has as well. So um, are you open to letting people join you on this podcast and talk over you or is it? Maybe absolutely. I mean, it doesn't have to be all about like me hosting it. So I would love people to come on board. I just want to be able to put the microphone up to somebody and let them air it out. You know what I mean? Because it's also very therapeutic. So I'm privileged enough to be able to use the platforms that Ops was given me. And I would love to pass that along to someone else. Um, but I guess that's it. I mean, I could just thank you guys for 20 more minutes. Uh, I could thank our viewers for 20 hours. So I'll wrap it up here, I guess. <laughs> so thank that's you both good. for coming, for taking the time um, to answer some of these questions. And I know we all probably appreciate it. So thank you both. John, thanks for having Thank us, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.